Thank you. So it's been a good day today. Um, we are so grateful to have the opportunity to share gifts of Bibles with our third graders. It's a tradition in Trinity and in many churches to share and, and give a gift of a Bible to each one of the third graders. It's a way for us as a congregation to share our faith with them, to pass along the faith to them so they will learn what it means to have faith in Christ, what it means to have a relationship with Christ. And so we're grateful for, for their parents, their friends, uh, grandparents, family members who were here with them today to, to celebrate that time. And for you all as well as, as they um, are nurtured by your faith in Christ. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be focused on a, a worship series. What does the Bible say about? What does the Bible say about itself? What does the Bible say about poverty? What does the Bible say about homosexuality? What does the Bible say about racism? We'll dig deeper into the scripture. And the first one today is what does the Bible say about itself? Seems like a good place to start, to begin at the beginning, right? Um, so... One of the ways that we know what the Bible says about itself is simply to open it, to open it. That might sound obvious, but, but really, um, good advice. Uh, so to open it, and with our third graders, um, what I would suggest for them and each of us, this is the Bible that, that they got today. Um, it's a common English Bible, and... Um, with them, I would suggest that they open it and they open it to the table of contents. Because what we see in the table of contents is a list of all of the books of the Old and the New Testament. But you know, we think of the Bible as one book and it's really not. It is a compilation of books. It's a, a library of books, a collection of books. 66 books to be exact. If you go to chapel in, in our chapel with our stepping stones every Monday, one of the things that we repeat every week is how many books are in the Bible? And they say, 66. And then we have this little chant that we do. 66, 66, 66 books in the Bible. And they remember that. And they will remember that for the rest of their lives. There's 39 in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, and, and 27 in the New, the second part of the Bible, for a total of 66 books. And again, this is not just one book, but many, 66, written by different authors at different times and on different topics, different types of writing, written over a period of, of likely about 2,000 years. The oldest book in the Bible was written, they think, sometime between 1900 and 1700 years before the birth of Christ, and the newest, about 150 years after the birth of Christ. And so if you look at this collection of books, you will find history, you will find love poems, you will find song lyrics, um, sermons, legends, letters, prophecy, all of these different types of books contained in the Bible. Because even though it is one book, it is written by many authors, many types of writing, many years, and yet you will find 
one story, one overarching story throughout. It's the story of God's love for us and how much God wants to be in relationship with each one of us. It tells us that God made us, that God loves us, that God came into, in, into our world, God came to earth in Jesus Christ so that we would know that no matter what, there is nothing that we can earn, that we can do to earn God's love for us because it's a gift. It is simply a gift. And likewise, there is nothing that we can do that would make God love us any less. God forgives us. God is there for us. Nothing we can do would turn God away from us. So, as we begin today, looking at what the Bible says about itself, I want to turn to uh, 2 Timothy. Timothy, again, is one of the letters in the New Testament, and we'll turn to chapter 3, verses uh, 13 through 17, and I invite you to follow along with me. This is a letter that is written, um, well, it says it's written by the Apostle Paul to Timothy, who was a young man, a young pastor, and as he writes this letter, this is um, some of his words to Timothy that also tell us what does the Bible say about itself. So let me invite you to follow along with me. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that were able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. This is the word of God for the people of God and God's people say, thanks be to God. Now let me invite you to bow your heads and pray for me this morning and sharing this message with you as I pray for you in receiving it. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I just love the advice that is given to Timothy. Continue in what you have learned and from whom you have learned it and how you have learned the scriptures since childhood. At the beginning of the letter, Paul talks about uh, Timothy's faith being passed on to him from his mother, Lois, and his grandmother, Eunice. I might have those reversed, but anyway, from Lois and Eunice, um, and and how his faith was uh, was shared with him through his family, and and then here through the church as well. Some of you um, know that I grew up in Trinity. I've been a part of Trinity since I was about 18 uh, months old away for a long period of time before we were appointed back as pastors. But I grew up at Trinity. And the first third grade Bible Sunday that we had here in the fall of 16, I found my third grade Bible. This is the Bible that you all, Trinity, gave to me when I was in the third grade. 
Now, I open it up and I, I see that we didn't have people writing calligraphy in the, in the Bible on the, on the um, presentation page, but I can see my own handwriting at the top. This Bible was presented to Catherine. That's it, doesn't say anything else, just to Catherine. And then I see by, and my mother's handwriting is in here, Trinity United Methodist Church. And then, when I look at the date, the date was September 11th, 1972, 50 years ago today. I know, I'm not that old, but really. Um, uh, just such, such a powerful a powerful thing to know that you all gave that Bible to me and the way that these words and your love and, and your commitment and, and the way you poured into me and the way my family did as well has, um, has had such an impact on who I am and, and who I am becoming then uh, I also found this Bible, this white one. Uh, it was presented to Catherine Ann Fluck, my whole name is in there, uh, from the Juanita Stott Bible class of Fairmont Methodist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, where I was born. And the date is my birthday. Again, the greater Methodist Church that has poured into me. And then finally, a Bible given to me by um, two of my friends in college. And it has Stephen, my name on the front, engraved. And then inside, I can see that it was given to me for, um, at a shower for our wedding, uh, as a wedding present. And the fact that my friends said that they wanted us to continue reading scripture together and to be praying together and growing in our faith. You know, I celebrate today that our third graders <laughs> received a Bible and the ways that that will continue to impact them over the years, um, that they will grow in their faith in Jesus. And I pray that they will learn more about the Bible along the way and what it says about itself. And I pray most of all that they will come to know the overarching story of the Bible, which is God's love for us, and that God wants to have a relationship with each one of us. So let's take a moment now and look at some of the things that we see in this scripture that the Bible tells us about itself. What does the Bible say about itself? So in verse 16 of, of this reading from Timothy, it says that all scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching. You know, that word inspired is an interesting word. It's a part, this part of the Bible was originally written in Greek and, and that word, if, if it was literally translated, inspired would mean God breathed. God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. In the very first story of the Bible, God breathes life into all creation, into us as human beings. And here we read that God breathes life into scripture as well. 
What that means is that though many different people wrote the Bible and wrote it over a period of many years, they wrote it for a particular situation and a particular time in which they were living. And God breathed life into those words to make it a part of the overall story of God's love for us. God makes all scripture relevant and meaningful and powerful for the time and the situation in which it was written. And God breathes life into it as we read it. Again, that makes so much of scripture powerful and meaningful and and relevant for each of us in our particular time and the time in which we read it. Another book of the Bible, Hebrews, says it this way in 4.12, Indeed, the word of God is living and active, living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. The word of God, the Bible, is living and active. God can speak to us through it at different times, in different places, and in different ways. How many of you have ever had that experience of feeling like the Bible was speaking directly to you when you read it? How many of you have had that experience? Yes. You know, I've read the the Bible all the way through numerous times, and yet sometimes I'm still reading it, and I come across a passage, and I think, I've never read that before. I can't, I can't believe that. I've never read that before because it's as if God is speaking directly to me. When I was 20 years old and uh, felt a call to, to ministry, um, I felt like God was calling me to be a preacher and yet I was intimidated, I was afraid, and truly and honestly had no desire to do that. And so what did I do? The first thing I did was I went and I found a Bible because I know that through the Bible, God can speak to each one of us. So I went and I found the Bible, and, and as I opened this up and read the scriptures, I saw in two different places where it says, the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Ask therefore the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into God's harvest. I knew, I knew then that was the next step in confirming for me that I was called into ministry, that I was supposed to do this, that I was supposed to be one of the laborers in God's harvest. What does the Bible say about itself? It says that it is God-breathed. Through the Holy Spirit, God breathes life into these words and through them can and does speak to each one of us. Which leads me to another thing that the Bible says about itself. The Bible says it is our guide. The book of Acts, another book in the Bible, which is kind of the Acts of the Apostles, talks about the the beginning of the church. Uh, It tells us the story about a eunuch, the assistant to the queen who was traveling, a person of high position and a eunuch. And... He is traveling along and he is trying to read from another book of scripture, from the book of Isaiah. And as he's doing that, Philip, one of Jesus's friends, one of the disciples, um, comes to him and asks him if he understands what he's reading. And the eunuch says to him, how can I unless someone guides me? 
He wants the scripture to be his guide, and they can be, but they need some interpretation sometimes. Let's go back to the God breathed for a moment. Say scripture is God, saying scripture is God breathed does not mean that God was dictating those words. You know that. It's not like God was sitting and dictating those words and somebody else was just writing every word down that God was dictating. No, we know that the perspective and the understanding of each of those authors and the time in which they lived had an impact on what they wrote. Who they were and when they lived does impact their understanding. And therefore, we use our minds and we use our experience and we use the tradition of the church to help us to interpret these scriptures. I think about the book of Jonah, another book in the Bible. You see, every once in a while, every once in a while when I feel like running away and I want to go have a pity party, I read the book of Jonah. Now, it's a whale of a tale for sure, but I don't have to understand it to be historically true in order to be able to understand that God doesn't want me to run away. It reminds me that even if I try to run away, God will pull me back to wherever and doing whatever God wants me to be doing. In other words, there's no reason to try running away from God because God's love will always find me. And God uses the words of the Bible to tell us just that. Like Psalm 119 that the kids read this morning. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path, a light for my journey. What does the Bible say about itself? It says simply and powerfully that it is our guide. It is our guide. Finally, in this scripture reading from Timothy, we see that the Bible says about itself that it is, that it equips us for good works. That's the end of that passage. Or we might say around here, the Bible says it equips us to do all the good we can in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible is not something simply to read and to know or even to understand. It is something to live. One person says it this way, apply yourself closely to the text. Apply the text closely to yourself or to your life. Reading the Bible should change us. It should change who we are and how we live. The letter to Timothy says that scripture tells us that it has what, it, what we need for salvation through faith in Jesus. And we know that faith in Jesus changes us. And then the words of scripture can help to equip us to live as followers of Jesus. The more we read it, the more we understand it, the more we will take it to heart, the more the Bible will equip us for all good works. The key is to read it. The key is to read it. Listen to what Peter Gomez says, or Gomes says, the Bible is more easily reverenced. That's not a typo. It's not referenced. The Bible is more easily reverenced than read. 
You know, we have this tendency to say we admire the Bible and we respect the Bible and and the Bible is so incredibly significant and important, but then we fail to read it. So the key is to actually open it and read it. And one last suggestion for you, if, if you're not a Bible reader, if you've put it away for a while and haven't read it in years, or if you've never read it, I encourage you to open it and read it and don't start at the beginning. Don't start at the beginning. It gets thick pretty quickly. So start with one of the Gospels. The Gospels are the story of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. I might say start with the Gospel of Luke. Kind of starts with his birth and it takes you through all of that and and it doesn't have the genealogy that Matthew has. You can go back and read that later. So start with one of the Gospels, maybe maybe Luke. And then from there, you might go to Acts, which tells us all about the beginning of the church. There's some sermons in there, and there are also some powerful stories of how God is at work in people's lives. And then, and then you might go to like the letter to the Philippians. It's just a small little letter, but it's, it's so rich and so beautiful and so joyful. So, so open it and read it. Even if you never have before, open it and read it. And then I trust that you will see that the Bible is God-breathed, that the Bible is our guide, and that the Bible does equip us for every good work. The Gospel of John says this, if you make my word your home, you will indeed be my disciples. You will come to know the truth and the truth will set you free. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh God, we give you thanks that you speak to us in many different ways and through many different means. And especially today, we give you thanks for your word spoken through the Bible. We give you thanks for the ways you speak to us and that it is God-breathed as we read it. And oh God, we pray that you would help us as we read to use our minds, to use our experience, to use the tradition of the church to help us to understand it so that it will be our guide and equip us for every good work. Speak to us now, oh God that we might be your disciples, that we might know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Amen.